Hi, I'm John. And I'm Paul. And this is the Minute Podcast. If you give a mouse a cookie, I'm pretty sure he'd write a book. But give us 60 seconds of footage and we'll tell you where to look. With a concept this simplistic, it's hard to say if it'll last. But give us just a minute and we'll give you a podcast. The Minute Podcast. Thanks for joining us for another episode. As you probably know by now, the Minute Podcast is a weekly conversation where John and I review a listener-submitted piece of content from a movie or TV or somewhere else on the internet, and we talk about it, try to orient ourselves and figure out what's going on. John, what are we looking at today? We are working. Uh, we're, yeah, we're discussing the clip "The Black Cat" uh, from 1934, and this was supplied by Boris. Excellent, and this week the episode is brought to you by Stationary Watches, a company started by two broke college students who didn't understand that watches can't be stationary, that would make them clocks. Visit stationarywatches.com slash minutepod for a 10% discount today. Alright, so, um, first we want to go over like a little chronological review of what happens in this clip. Uh, uh, so there's three, three guys... Uh, standing near a door, mm-hmm. and uh, they talk to each other, and that's pretty much all that happens. <laughs> that's true. That's definitely all that we see in this scene anyway. We think maybe there's more of a movie uh, in totality, but John, what is your current level of understanding of what we're looking at here? Oh, okay. My current understanding? Absolutely nothing. I know who Boris Karloff is, and if he is not in this. That is because this is Bella Lugosi's <laughs> 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 Okay, okay, good. So both of those things are totally true. Excellent. And for me, um, I, I recognized Bela Lugosi, but I've definitely never seen this movie before. So mm-hmm. pretty similar. Okay. Well, John, should we do a reading of the script? Uh, I suppose so. Okay. Uh, so we, we have two characters, and you said you would rather be Skeptical Kevin? Yeah, I'll be Skeptical Kevin as much right. as it pains me to be called Kevin at any point in time. That's fair. I'll be Bella Lugosi then, as has always been my aspiration. <laughs> yes, that that was written on your on your uh, aspiration board at your apartment. I saw that. It's true. It was really just pictures of Bella Lugosi, and you told me it was creepy. But I'm not going to change who I am or want to be, John. Never, Paul. Not no. for me. Not for sure. anybody. <laughs> All right. I gave her a very powerful narcotic. I'm sure it will be effective soon. Her condition is not sufficiently serious to be cause for alarm, but it is decidedly delicate. Rest is the important thing. What curious change has made it in her? You must have noticed it. It is perhaps the narcotic. Hyacin affects certain people very oddly. One cannot be sure. Sometimes the victim becomes mediumistic, a vehicle for all the intangible forces in operation around her. Sounds like a bunch of supernatural baloney to me. Supernatural? Perhaps. Baloney? Perhaps not. There are many things under the sun. (sighs) Do you think maybe I should have practiced that accent once or twice? Uh, I think that was better than the accent that I was coming up with it after having practiced embarrassingly, like, 
uh, you know, in here for probably at, at least a good 20 minutes of me trying to get down Bela Lugosi's <laughs> voice. <laughs> so, well, I'm just happy it didn't come out Irish like last week. That yeah, not... I never made it past the, I gave her a very powerful narcotic. <laughs> 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 just stayed at the count the count uh yeah uh we are artists and we we totally practice our our medium our craft we are, we are professionals it's definitely true well yes. john um the first thing that came to me after watching this clip was that this is not the first time that drugging women has come up on this podcast no. There's uh, a lot of media in the world that seems to be about drugging women. Yeah, and, and this is definitely part of it, although at least in this case it sounds like he's probably a doctor and not a professional wrestler who's drugged her. Probably, although it's weird that he's talking to two men about having drugged this woman instead of, like, I don't know, like, not talking? I don't know, it feels kind of like doctor-patient privilege sort of thing isn't going on right now. A, a little bit, and I do think he's probably a doctor. I mean, we can circle back to that later, but the, the second thing that came to me immediately was that I did, I didn't realize this is where that famous line originated from. Um, and the, you know, the perhaps not, which has been reused in so many different pieces of media. I mean, even like in Futurama, I don't, you, you've watched a lot of Futurama, right, John? Yeah. But yeah. what's the baloney? Oh, you mean like, Oh, you mean that, that sort of like X, X perhaps, perhaps Y not. perhaps not. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. E even in um, Futurama, the episode where they go to, I don't know, Space Transylvania or wherever it is. Oh. And that old robot's like, Mumbo, perhaps, Jumbo, perhaps not. <laughs> I don't know. I like it. But it's interesting. Mumbo, I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't realize that was actually a Bela Lugosi line that started that whole... I mean, it certainly concept. sounds like a line of his. I wouldn't have guessed it, but, but now it totally makes sense. Mm. But true, yeah. True. Um, so, one of the things I would like to talk about is... One of these things that I totally was thinking about five seconds ago, and that has to be the word mediumistic, which is my new yes. favorite word ever, Definitely and want word. to use all of the time. I, I don't know exactly. What do you think the definition is of mediumistic or mediumisticism? I assume medio means like medium, like okay. like a a like a spirit medium, and mystic. I don't know. I think you just jammed two synonyms together and called it a day. <laughs> that sounds about right. But they it's so cool sounding, medio mystic. It sounds so official. I feel like if I break that out in like a, a class, like my students would be like, oh, okay, this is something we should know about now. Uh, bring up a classic example of medio mysticism in the arts for your students. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, we also learned that medio mysticism is a side effect of hyacinth. Yes. Which is apparently a narcotic. So I'm interested, like, what would the commercials be like if they were trying to get Hyacinth out on the market today? Warning, may cause hair loss and medium mysticism. You may uh, talk to long-dead ancestors. Which? Not, not advised to take on top of uh, Indian burial grounds. Or in a go-kart track or, beside a Canadian cemetery? Is yeah, that exactly. from last week? I don't know. Yes. But anyway. That's, some, uh, that's something we did. Let's, let's do a quick rundown of the different characters we're introduced to here. Uh, first, we've got Bella Lugosi as... No, 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 no. Paul, first we have the silent partner, who I think expresses Ooh, yeah. his life and love of everything that's going on right here perfectly. Well, he I, I like stands, to think of, mm, He stands, true. He stands. Uh, I, 
imagine his hands are in his pockets. I'm pretty sure they are. And he stares at them and does absolutely nothing. I like to think of him as like Ivan Drago after a chronic illness. It's kind of what okay. he looks like. Okay. Like, like real thin, but still pretty big. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. He he never says anything. Um, but what do you think his backstory is? Like, what is his character? I have a theory, John, but I'd like to hear yours. Okay. So my my theory is that he is like this guy's brother, the the skeptical Kevin. And mm-hmm. and uh, the woman that they're talking about is Skeptical Kevin's girlfriend or something. Mm-hmm. And so he's, like, just there. Like, you know, he, he's just like, I had nothing to do this Saturday afternoon. <laughs> so he's just hanging out. Yeah, exactly. He well, went over it's... to see his brother. And uh, and so this, this sort of, like, medio-mystic uh, happening happened. And uh, Bella goes, he was there. And he's like, huh, cool. I'll just stick around and see what happens. Well, interesting. That's a very different take from. Oh, sorry, bumped my microphone. Hopefully, you did not go deaf just then. Uh, huh? But, hmm. What? Mm, yeah. Yeah. No, but I actually thought, based on the weird robe that Ivan was wearing, um, that he's either a clergyman or perhaps a vampire. Paul, well, I have no idea what you're talking about. Oh my god, he is wearing a robe. He's, he's wearing a crazy <laughs> robe with, with kind of like sweeping lines, and his hair is all slicked back, and he's got these intense widow's peaks, and it makes me think he's either a clergyman or a vampire. I feel like if this movie was in color, as opposed to being in black and white, we, we might have some more clues to tell whether or not he's clergy or vampire. So, so I just want to point out, I am a sane person with observational skills. I have no idea why I didn't notice he was wearing. <laughs> John, you, you were too busy practicing your Bella Lugosi accent. Uh, it's true. Bella Lugosi does shine in here, not just because the camera is focused directly on him and seemingly all of the lights are aimed directly at the top part of his widow peak. But, you know, the, uh, yeah, no, that's hilarious and weird that... He's wearing a freaking, like, mid-cape, and I mm-hmm. didn't even see it. <laughs> that's amazing. It's just how naturalized capes are to me now. Yeah, that's that's um, got to be what it is. Okay, so that, that's one of the four characters. Yes, yes. Four, three visible characters, four right. characters overall in this in this mini-narrative that we are exploring. Um, so the, the, the standing man, the third man, if you will, mm. uh... I think he's a Dracula. Like I think he's I think he's a vampire guy. Uh because I feel like that would be the perfect twist is like we got Bella Lugosi in here and he's not even a vampire, but this guy is. So do you mean a uh, skeptical Kevin or Widow Peaks guy? Oh no, Widow Peaks guy. I think yeah, skeptical yeah. Kevin is just like a, a just a, a guy. Yeah, I think he's a, a rube. He looks like he might be a rube. He's dressed like a rube. He's totally the 1940s, 19... Well, I guess it's 1934, 1930s rube stereotype. That, that well-known stereotype that we can all just envision. Yep. Yep, true. All right, uh, so then we also have Bela Lugosi playing himself, as far as I can tell. Uh, of course, <laughs> that, not really playing himself, but playing a very typical character. I don't know. Uh, could be. I feel like Bela Lugosi probably had some narcotics on him randomly at any given point in time. I feel like that'd be a thing he'd be able to, like, just dish out as yep. as medio mystic required. Yeah, I mean, it was the 1930s. Yep. Uh, well, and then we also have the um, off-screen woman, which I don't think is the first time we've had that happen on this podcast, where we have a female character who's just off-screen that we never meet but seems to be important to the plot. 
Yeah, they're usually silent and in the corner, like the Dracula guy. Yeah. Which, well, again, just sort of shines a light on how these movies and media treat women in them. But, uh, what is it? The the thing I want to know, Paul, is what do you think the woman's name is? Oh. Because we've, we've so far given, we've got Vlad for, uh, for Bella, right? Mm-hmm. Then we've got Skeptical Kevin for someone who is obviously named Kevin. Right. And we have the Dracula guy for the Dracula guy. So what do you think that the woman's name is? Ooh. What's a good name <clears throat> for someone who is right now a media mystic? Um, Mary. Mary could be good. I was thinking Cheryl Buntington. Oh, wow. That's that's a much more vivid name picture is a word that I'm going to use now. Hashtag um, name picture. Yeah. Hashtag name picture. Okay. Uh, yeah, no. Uh, Carol Buntington? What was it? No, Cheryl Buntington. Cheryl Buntington. Although she could be a Carol. We don't really, we don't see enough to know. But I'm, I'm no. picturing that she has sort of a bob haircut a going bob. on a little bit. I was thinking one of those, like, finger curls sort of things. Oh, maybe. But I guess that would be more 1900, 1920. What, I don't what know. Did, what did what were women's hairstyles in 1930s? Uh, Tune in next week for a discussion of women's hairstyles <laughs> in the 1930s. Yep. No, I have no idea. As we um, read the Wikipedia entry. <laughs> excellent. I'll tune in for that myself. Okay, so um, there there are some other things we can take away from the quick minute that we had. Uh, the first is that the woman is drugged and acting oddly. Mm-hmm. There seems to be some confusion about whether or not she was acting oddly before or if that was the highest in making her act you know, in a weird way. Well, yeah. what was your take there? So my take would be that It's. I think. I think because he says I gave her a very powerful narcotic. I'm sure it will be affected soon. Uh, sorry. Sorry. I gave her a very powerful narcotic. <laughs> I'm sure it will be effective soon. One narcotic. Um, <clears throat> two narcotic. <laughs> ah, 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 ah. Um. Excellent. That. Uh, I feel like she. She had an episode. Mm-hmm. Um. Mediumistic episode, and um. Then. They gave her the narcotic, but maybe she's been taking it for maybe migraines or some sort of like vapors. Psych- yeah, maybe some sort of psychological affliction that 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 that's new or now. Okay, so we have another clue that we can sort of rope in here, mm-hmm. and that is the black cat is the title of the the piece. It's true. So, so are you thinking this movie is somehow spooky? Well, I think there's... A, well, I mean, the word mediumistic is brought in here. I feel like there's got to be a spook somewhere in there. But mm-hmm. uh, I also think that that means that we have a fifth character, Paul. We have the titular, the black cat. Ooh. Now, what I want to know is, is the black cat a cat? Is it a spook? Or is it perhaps a person dressed up in a cat suit? Who burgles people? Oh, I hope it's uh, so. I hope it's actually a person dressed up in a cat suit, but more like looking like a furry rather than oh, like like, like an actual like dressed up like a giant cat. What's that? What's that show with Elijah Wood? Oh, oh, like Wilford or something. Yeah, that Willard. one except with a cat and Walter. in the nineteen thirties. 
Womble. I don't know. <laughs> I uh, wish it was Womble, but I don't know. Womble's a perfectly natural name, Paul. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, 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 confession, since our Common Rider episode, I have been watching uh, some Common Rider, and it does feature a lot of people dressed up in, like, leopard costumes and stuff like that. And really? uh, it's fantastic. So Has Final Vent second- made a comeback yet? Uh, no, because that's like thirty years into the future, I think. But uh, oh, okay, so but I've, been, like I've been watching preliminary the nineteen eighties, Common Rider Black. Ooh. Anyway, uh, so <laughs> the and so so I'm familiar with the person in cat suit thing that you were talking about, and I feel like that would make this amazing because I want Bella Lugosi to be this character. I want Bella Lugosi to be playing like a con man who also happens to dress up in like a uh like leopard print furry cat suit. That that would be amazing actually. To steal the deed to this haunted house, I assume. I don't know. So, I think that that might be a little too uh Scooby Doo. Oh. Well, I Just mean, the that, fact is, that it's a haunted is, house, but that is like a a key point of my development is Scooby Doo. So, yeah, <laughs> so we, probably we are of a certain generation. Exactly. You mean right, all so, generations from the nineteen seventies onward? <laughs> we fall into that range. Yeah. Yeah. True. Okay. So, uh, there's two additional things for me uh, that are interesting in this clip. The first is that there is a hard cut after um, Kevin says supernatural baloney. Yes. Oh, Which, you mean you mean the the edit? Oh yeah, yeah. There's a where where <laughs> Bella Lugosi obviously flubbed the line like six times, and they well, were that, like, "Oh, for fuck's sake, let's that, just cut yeah. in the white one." <laughs> that's what I was wondering: is uh, did Bella flub the line? Was this an improvised line that everybody thought was so funny that they just lost it the first time? Maybe like when I, he said I, supernatural I, baloney. Maybe Bella looked over and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> baloney. 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 One baloney. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah, so, yeah, so that clip is basically taking out uh, Bella Lugosi going, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I, I really hope that's what it is, but somehow I doubt it. You're probably right. He just flubbed there, the line. There is another possibility. The mm. other possibility is that Bella and, and uh, the third guy... Mm-hmm. have been doing their lines perfectly this whole time, but for some reason, Kevin just can't handle the pressure of having two lines of dialogue in this scene, that, and so he keeps flubbing the line. But then, but then, like, the the thing is, is so, like, they're just trying to connect Kevin's good, uh, good bits with uh, Bella's good bits, and then so it's just this, like, massive, you know, clip, like, you know, like, breaking the the reality of the scene in every way as like Bella's head flips back and forth on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could be it had to be um pretty intimidating to act uh, opposite Bella Lugosi, but I guess I mean hard, it'd hard be spooky. Say. Would be spooky. That's definitely true. So the the other thing that I noticed is that we we get a really brief glimpse into the the universe that this movie's set in, uh, and the list of things that exist under the sun, right? We, we know from the last line that there's many things under the sun, and that one of them is not baloney? Yes. So I'm wondering... At least one. At least one is not baloney, so can we extrapolate it all to other things that exist under the sun 
in this movie universe? Um, cats, cats are under the sun. What are we talking Cat. about again? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. That didn't really go where I thought it was going. We'll, we'll fix it in editing. It's fine. Uh, okay, yeah, this will totally be edited like that. Um, no, but I think, I think that on many things under the sun. Is he trying to do like that? Like, uh, there are many things in this world, Horatio. That blah blah blah, something like that. That I line think so. that yeah, I, I think totally so. know. The one that we all just, yeah. Have inside of us and say at all times. Not all times. Sometimes or is it like, it. okay, so I feel like Under the Sun is foreshadowing that Bella Lugosi is in fact a Dracula. And so, like, is that, like, is this a Dracula thing or is this not a Dracula thing? Like, I feel like referencing the sun yeah. feels like a Dracula thing. I think it's probably a Dracula thing, especially based on the way that um, Ivan is dressed. Yes. Yeah. Either pri- Priest or Dracula should be like a new like game show. I'd probably, I'd probably watch that. Yeah. yeah. Well, John... New, um, new podcast idea, do not steal. <laughs> well, how do you think we got to this scene then, John, and what do you think happens next? Well, I think they drugged a woman. <laughs> they definitely <laughs> drugged a woman, yes. True. Uh, I'm guessing that she channeled some sort of, like, long-dead spirit, and then it told them something weird that they didn't get right away with the information that they have, but they will understand later with the information they will obtain in a twist of irony. Okay, yeah, that sounds plausible. How about you, Paul? What do you think this scene was about? Well, I think that the young couple, um, Kevin and... Oh, I forgot the excellent name we gave the woman off screen. Uh, Cheryl Huntington. Yeah, Bernard Cheryl Huntington. Yeah. That's it. Uh, yeah, I think they were both on honeymoon. So they're Americans who are on honeymoon in transsexual Transylvania, and she okay. becomes ill. Right. Okay. And they uh, come up to a big house on a stormy night. Well, o- almost. I think she's so she's basically been possessed, and they call in the local clergyman and doctor, Ivan and um, Ooze Bella. Okay. That works, yeah. Right. Uh, so they exercise the demon, right? Mm-hmm. And then the kids go back to America and, you know, with the story about the strange trip in Europe. But the show's really about Bella Lugosi and Ivan, who are a doctor and clergyman vampire dynamic duo. Oh. Who were just sort of having an adventure together. I like this idea. I like the idea of... Like, them having this sort of back and forth, like, Bella being, like, a hardline atheist and the priest being, well, <clears throat> you know, a priest. A vampire. Yeah. Oh, and vampire, yes. A vampire priest. Like, like he, he switched sides, and now he has to drink holy water instead of blood, or blesses, I don't know, something like that. Something like that. And so yep. they have, like, witty banter. That's what I'm hoping, and and also the meaning of life. Yeah, my theory as to why there was that hard edit after the word um, baloney was used. Yeah, is that this dynamic duo was cursed by a gypsy? Okay. So that in each one of their wacky adventures, someone at some point has to say the word baloney. <laughs> so like like a very minor gypsy curse. 
Uh, and they forgot to add it the, the last time, and so, like, they had to well, edit it in. I don't even think they had to edit it in. I think they just got so upset when someone finally said baloney. They were like, oh, the adventure's going so well. Maybe no one's going to say baloney this time. Um, but I think they had to edit out their reaction to the word baloney. <laughs> I I really just want to see Bella Lugosi just, like, light up and laugh like heartily like i i would be i would be disappointed if it wasn't like laughing like the count like ah mm-hmm. ah ah but i i just i kind of need to see that happen now i think that's going to be a google search i do after this bell lugosi laughing laughing <laughs> over salad well john do you do you think we can recommend this clip and entire movie i i mean i think i could if it was like if I had another clip, maybe? I don't know. Like, it's it's intriguing. I want to see where it goes. So I mm-hmm. guess, like, a tentative, like like a, like a weak thumbs up for me. Because, like, it, it's not like I disliked it and never want to see it again. Mm-hmm. I would totally watch, you know, an old black and white film with Bella Lugosi in it called The Black Cat. But I'm not really sure that there's anything in here that's like, you gotta see this. It's... Amazing. Ah ah ah. Yeah, I think I think I pretty much agree. I think it's a it's a soft recommend for me in that um Belagosi's great. I generally like movies from nineteen thirties as much as any other time period. <laughs> uh, and and the dialogue's pretty good in this scene, so if there's the same first, folks. Paul yeah. is lukewarm on all time periods of film. <laughs> I'm equally lukewarm to everything. Yes. It's true. Uh, but no, I mean, the, the dialogue's pretty funny. Um, maybe all of the dialogue is sort of yeah out, out I, of place in modern cinema now and could, could be entertaining. I would want to see if there's just more, like, random, like, fix clips in there. Like, like I want to see if mm-hmm. it's Kevin or Bella who's, like, a little too drunk to be acting right now. Oh, yeah, do an, do an in-depth investigation on who's really ruining the film. Yeah, exactly. I think it'd be yeah. interesting. Uh, so I would like to say that this video automatically started playing. So this is a clip. So so it, it cuts after the after the you know fifty five seconds or whatever it is, uh-huh. <clears throat> and then it automatically went into an amazing looking documentary on uh, the rivalry between Bela Lugosi and Boris Karloff. With... Well, I didn't actually watch any of that. Oh no, I I totally started watching it because I was like, yes, sign me up for this. And then when the bald, mustachioed, like, broom, you know, broom, uh, push broom, mustached uh, guy wearing, like, obviously just some sort of, like, voice work actor, something like uh-huh. that. Um, when he walks on set and he's sporting the stereotypical Bella Lugosi, like, cape and talking about, like, Bella, when he turned down an acting uh, opportunity to be... Frankenstein, he said, I'm a serious actor. I would never be placed, plastered in makeup and all this sort of stuff. Instead, it went to a young actor known as Boris Karloff or something like that. And it was just, oh, it looks so, so terrible and beautiful at the same time. So you're saying that you do recommend I do recommend watching the clip and then continue watching the horrible documentary that seems to go afterwards. So. All right, I'll, I'll have to check that out myself, but it, it yeah. sounds recommendable. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's in costume while doing this. Like, it's not like he's he doesn't even wear like an old timey sort of suit. He's wearing Bella Lugosi's like you know the pop collar cape 
Like it's, it's so fun. strange. Yeah, it's, it, it. it's 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 bad. I mean, like you know, you're flipping through channels, you know instantly what this is about. <laughs> I guess that's that's what they got going for it there. Yeah. All right. Well, let's all watch that and reconvene on Twitter. Okay. Great. Well, uh, we need to do a quick thanks, but no thanks to Frank S.R. Hot, who recommended that we watch a clip from The Good Place, which, uh, John, we've both seen, correct? Yes. Yeah. So we quite like The Good Place. Um, so obviously two thumbs up. Yeah, two thumbs up. We recommend it, but can't do a, can't really do an episode on it. A big thank you to Boris for recommending this week's minute. I think it was our first black and white minute, which, you know, great. A lot of fun. Yep. Uh, if you want to support the podcast, you can review us on iTunes or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. You can reach out to us at the minutepodcast at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at MinutePod or find us on Facebook. This episode, as always, was hosted by John Ward and Paul Reberg, produced by John Ward with theme music by Paul Reberg. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Holy crap, you made it to the end, we'll be back next week to do it all again. Until then, be well and be sure to take a minute. The Minute Podcast.